Hi, this is Tamsin Granger. And this is Dan Ampuhoff. With Tamsin and Dan read the paper on... Uh, on? Friday. Black Friday, November 24th, 2023. It's been a while. Yes, well, we've been uh, busy. We've you always been... say that. Actually, I was away a little bit. Yeah. Sadie and I went to Mohonk. Right. And uh, had, had a great time. Huh. Did some hiking. We haven't Some we haven't done a podcast. Swimming. We haven't done a podcast since Mohawk. No, I don't think we have. All right. Anything you want to say about Mohawk? You haven't said. No, it's a, it's the same old, same old. You know, it's uh, ridiculously expensive. Well, but there is that story I was mentioning. Ridiculously to a, beautiful setting. I was talking to a friend of mine, Chris Karagusoff, and I said you were going to Mohawk. He's in New York, and he said, "Oh, he loves Mohawk. Mohawk's the greatest." This guy works at a New York law firm and has for thirty years. He said, "But the the problem is with Mohawk, is it's awfully expensive." I said, "Yeah, but you can afford it." He said, "Well, that's the way I look at it. I, I could go for a weekend in the Maldives for what it costs me to go to Mohawk. So uh, for a night, <laughs> for a night. so it's, it's it's totally out of hand. And uh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But in any event, so you had a good time, right?" Yeah, it's uh, for us a very back to nature time, mm-hmm. oddly enough. And uh, I love everything about it. I love the drive. I love hanging out with Sadie. We always. Uh, but you'll come back filled with suggestions about uh, or oh, yeah, minor there, issues. There are a lot of things they do wrong, of yeah. course. You know, you're cranky about stuff. You're, you, you know, um, I take spending money seriously. Yeah. So I want it to be well spent. And uh, I again, I, I'm, I consider myself uh, contributing to the sort of longevity of that beautiful natural preserve that it is, right? Really, and it's a picture of the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dowdy doesn't begin to uh, encompass right. it. It's it's not trying to be a uh, jazzy kind of place, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating. Uh, the kind of uh, high-end efforts they make. Right. Um, and we've talked about that before. But anyway, but so meanwhile, uh, Thanksgiving is coming on. Well, it's more than coming on. We had Thanksgiving. Coming gone. Coming gone, yeah. We had it yesterday. But we're still Thanksgiving weekend. This is close enough. We're still in the <coughs> leftovers. We're yeah. Still, so we, well, we'll still be in the leftovers for another week. I mean, that doesn't really... I don't Put think a boundary. So. I don't think so. The well, way we this have. Crowd is well, going. we should explain. We have a big crowd, so we have the whole family yeah. here. Yeah, we have the whole family. So it's, it's this is uh, three children, uh, three grandchildren, uh, and several partners. In several, yes, several partners. And, so uh, uh, you know, it's it, uh, it's it's a lot. Yeah, but uh, and they eat a lot, and they create a lot of dirty dishes. But they're they're fun, and especially the grandkids, who motor through the house like uh, nobody's business. Yes. Motor. They yes. motor. Yes, they're setting land records. Yes, right. In their bare feet, shouting at the same time. They run after each other, the yeah. two cousins. And, uh, you know, we we made a lot of uh, old standbys and tried some new things. I tried a baked brie with uh, caramelized vegetables mm-hmm. from the New York Times. Big hit. It was a big hit. I think I think it was put in the New York Times as kind of a vegetarian entree. Really? We just served it along with uh, the night before Thanksgiving. We do something called Pasta Palooza. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just have a bunch of simple pasta dishes and a big salad. And uh, we 
threw it in with that. It was well. It was going to be listen. Who the the baked brie? It's kind of a rich thing. I mean, uh, between the brie and the crust, Uh, and then you have the vegetables, puff puff pastry crust. But uh, it works. A a ton of vegetables: mushrooms, (laughs) Brussels sprouts. You could uh, skip the turkey. You make a couple of those, you'd get no complaints. Okay. Not that the turkey was bad, but no, the uh, turkey was good. Yeah, but you know, we did not eat the. Um, to be honest, we did not eat the sweet potato casserole till today. Well, you forgot Friday. to cook it. I mean, no, uh, I didn't forget to cook it. I just put it in too late, and it wasn't quite done. Well, by you the time put it in too late because you forgot. So I said, "What the heck? We'll we'll eat it another time." And we did, we did. So uh, we survived. We didn't even get to all the desserts. Yeah, because yeah. Pepper and uh, Sadie had also made a chocolate cream pie in addition to pumpkin pie and apple, apple pie, pie which we had so, last night uh, yeah. we did not get to the we've uh, got an extra pie yeah yeah well that's one we had homemade ice cream too yes of course we had molasses ginger snap ice cream mm-hmm. and uh well before that you had the uh, rather decadent uh butterfingers right crumble ice cream. but before that you would uh what was the ice cream you had um Miso ice cream? Miso ice cream, which was also a big hit. You served that to this group also. The group's been here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an ice cream palooza, Tamsin. Right. Whatever. Yeah. So we're trying to get back into fighting shape. Yeah, we will. We will. But in any event, so you uh, read an article that addressed the critical issue this time of year, which is whether a pumpkin is actually healthy or not healthy to eat. Well, so, um, you know... (laughs) Last year, last year, maybe the year before, you know, every year, maybe, who knows, there was a a fear of running out of canned pumpkin. So really? We, we were all kind of stocking up on pumpkin. That yeah, was last yeah. year? Yeah. Maybe it was during the the pandemic yeah. or something that they okay. announced. They didn't think there was going to be enough pumpkin. And right. so we all ran out buying it. And, uh, you know, it, we just didn't stop. Does it last the whole so year? So we had a lot of... Canned pumpkin around. Have we so, had it for more than a year? Did you buy it last year? Canned pumpkin will last for till the next millennium. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, it has uh, expiration dates on. Well, not even expiration. Best buy. Best buy. Who who and pays attention we, to we that? We talked about whether that's worth no. paying attention to. It's or not worth paying anyway, attention so to. Anyway, so we're making a lot of com- pumpkin stuff. Right. I've made pumpkin cookies. Sadie has a famous uh, pumpkin chocolate chip walnut bar she makes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the pumpkin pie. I traditionally make some kind of raised squash biscuit You know, you used to make Thanksgiving. Uh, pumpkin ice cream. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, it was a pumpkin ice cream dessert that was right. very popular in my family. It was a mashup family. of ice cream right. and pumpkin. You, you buy vanilla ice cream and, and you, you mix it up with some... Sugar and pumpkin, and put ginger snaps right. on top. The kind of thing I can And that's make. quite yeah. delicious. Okay, yeah. but we didn't make that yet this year. But that's an idea. Anyway, we're making a lot of pumpkin. Right, a lot of pumpkin, and um, not to mention the pumpkin beer. That doesn't have any pumpkin in it. You know it. It's oh. got pumpkin spices. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like the silly Lattes. coffee shop right. latte things. Um, but uh, so one has to wonder, you know, or you don't. You don't really wonder if pumpkin's good for you. You say it's a vegetable, it must be good for you, but it just makes you feel a lot better if it's really good for you. And the news is, it's really good for you. Is that right? It's got 200% of the daily recommended dose of vitamin A. Mm -hmm. Okay, 36% K. 
It's loaded with fiber, vitamin E, C, magnesium, riboflavin, iron, potassium. Okay, uh, so you know the fiber will make help you make you feel full. Yeah. Helps uh, regulate blood sugar, cholesterol, supports a healthy gut, mm-hmm. the microbiome thing. Yeah. Um, it just uh, will do things to help lower your blood pressure, uh, risk of um, stroke, kidney stones, all kinds of stuff. Well, it's like squash, so, basically. Squash is the same way, right? Similar. There are lots of different squashes. Pumpkin is a squash, Dan. Oh, so, it is? Yeah, don't go throwing that stuff out. If you want to do some research on butternut squash and then tell me. But the, I'm just telling you about pumpkin. All right. And it turns out pumpkin is really good for you. I mean, I had pumpkin pie for breakfast today. Well, pumpkin tradition. pie is not good for you. How, how is it not good for you? It's got sugar in it. it it's got a little sugar in it, yeah. okay? But it's got eggs. It's got milk. It's yeah. got pumpkin, all mm-hmm. right? Um, it's really got a lot. It's really, you know, all right. A good little meal. Did you give it to the kids? Pumpkin pie. Yeah, for breakfast. We no, I did give it to them for breakfast. I wasn't really. All right, totally I was watching. In charge I, of breakfast, but just between uh, you and me, yeah. Pepper had it for breakfast. She did really. Yeah. yeah. Did she like it? Yeah, but you know, because she, she, she didn't eat it at, no, at she, dinner. She didn't finish her portion. She put it. She put it on. We put it on a plate. Yeah. With ice cream. Yeah. Or she ate the ice cream. She ate the ice cream. Who's going to go for the pumpkin pie besides right. me? Right. Um, and I did a new thing with the apple pie. Did you notice that? Uh, I liked it. I don't know what you did. that's new. I I pre cooked the filling. Oh, the I saw apples. that. I saw that because we have this just really stupid oven, yeah. and uh, pies never cook in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had heard rumors that it was better to try to, in some circumstances, to cook the... Um, apple separate? Apple separate. Okay. Because there's nothing worse than biting into a big, beautiful pie. Mm-hmm. And the apples are still raw mm-hmm. in the middle. I once bought a beautiful pie at uh, a Cranberry Day bake sale. Mm-hmm. And it was a total waste of money. You couldn't eat it. Total waste of money. It was probably four dollars, but uh, yeah. No, 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 it was it was not four dollars. Okay, it was a fundraiser. And it was right. more than that. So anyway, go. You know, uh, don't feel bad about eating the pumpkin. All right, fine. in any way, shape, or I, form. I think the pumpkin pie is gone. I mean, there so are pumpkin is, cookies, yeah. and you can tell me cookies are not healthy. Right. Well, a pumpkin cookie is, is a lot healthier than an Oreo. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Do it. All right. I look forward to the pumpkin ice cream. Um, all right. Good. Well, you know, in connection with uh, Thanksgiving meals, People the meal love Thanksgiving. It was a great meal, and although you had to kill yourself, you know, uh, making the food, but uh, there is that. Anyway, um, I don't know why it's, it's still a mystery to me. But you're there I, from six in the morning until whatever. I didn't make anything hard. I guess the problem is I'm making ice cream. I'm making and, 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 rolls with yeast and, from scratch. And you it cook, takes a little bit longer, whatever. But and you it's cook not the turkey, fancy stuff. You cook the turkey the day before. It's not it's fancy like, stuff. Yeah, right. Nobody is looking for fancy stuff on Thanksgiving. I right. don't care what the New York Times right, but gives you recipes for. I understand, but it's obviously That's still... why Luby's, a restaurant, a cafeteria chain in Texas, Texas yeah. Is such a huge success. A menu, a year-round menu of Thanksgiving dinner. Well, it's on the menu. Their Thanksgiving dinner is on the menu year-round with other things. 
and they sell a lot of Thanksgiving dinners year-round. But of course, their big day is Thanksgiving, and they sell, I don't know if you've got the number, but they were had numbers thrown around in the hundreds of thousands. I don't know if that was all year or one day, but I do remember them saying that when Thanksgiving comes, and they have a number of locations, people line up and they wait more than an hour on these lines that go outside the building to get a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, for thirteen ninety nine. For thirteen ninety nine, and but part thirteen ninety nine in twenty twenty three. Yes, thirteen ninety nine, and it's got everything, as they like to say. It's got, it's got sides. It's got stuffing. It's of course, it's got turkey. It's got a dessert or two. But mainly, it's got a feeling of tradition and home right. And nostalgia. Right. The way they wrote the article um, is that people feel that there's something they should do. It's traditional. They like the people. They like the organization. People, it's a great social event online. You see your friends online in the neighborhood. Not online, but on uh, on the line. On the on line. the line to get their turkey dinner. And there are people who go just for that aspect of it. There's more than one person that they quote apparently buys the turkey dinner or eats the turkey dinner when they get online at ten thirty in the morning, and then they go and have their own Thanksgiving later with in the their day relatives. with their relatives or their friends. But yeah. they, they don't want to miss the Luby's experience. Well, because, uh, and uh, the one guy they quote, he says, it's actually better at Luby's than the place I'm going. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, but that's true. That's true. I've had some pretty mediocre Thanksgiving. Well, you know, I think the impression I got from the article was that the food at Luby's is not great. Uh, But it it tastes like home. It tastes like home. I think it's probably cafeteria food. Right. You know, it's simple. So the one guy said, this really, I've only been here three times, but to me, it really strikes a chord in terms of a tradition. Not that I went there 20 years ago. But it tastes like the kind of meals should. Thanksgiving meals I had twenty years ago, right. which is not to say great, but it, it was. It's simple stuff, right? Turkey, mashed potatoes, right. green beans. Yeah. Again, simple stuff. Yeah. So well, listen, it sounds great. It's too bad we don't have a Luby's here. We do our own Thanksgiving, of course. But you can see, you could talk me into uh, giving Luby's a shot. You know, I think you're full of it. I don't think you don't think I'd go. Yeah, I don't. I think you would go, but I don't think you would be. They also have country fried steak. They have a lot of interesting stuff. Interesting, okay, but um, no, I'm not sure it's your kind of restaurant, to be honest. Mm. Unless it is truly, yeah. Well, no, I don't know. Okay, well, anyway, there's no danger. It's in Texas. But anyway, Luby's. I mean, they did. what was it during the pandemic they kind of struggled yeah and they closed some places and they almost went into bankruptcy and someone bought them and somebody bought them is making some improvements and they were going to make improvements and they said why am i making improvements after hanging out and watching it they said let them go and uh, they're back well, they, to the same they stuff they made some you know streamlined some things and you know uh introducing online ordering and right. things like that they're trying not to meddle too much mm-hmm with the actual food formula, etc. All right. But, yeah, it sounded really interesting. So anyway, so pumpkin's good for you. Okay. Luby's is, seems good for you. Okay, and you know what Two else? Two minutes of walking is After the meal you. is good for you. So this is the thing, you yeah. know. <laughs> you, know you can't get any of this straight. You cannot get it straight. Yeah. Okay? The, the powers that be will tell you you need to do at least 30 minutes of walking a day you know, to be healthy. And uh, so, and the New York Times has been touting that for years, but the New York Times has also had articles that even 15 minutes a day yeah. would be beneficial. And now their latest article is, and I think there were a few articles about a year ago, about seven minutes, yeah. uh, and now it's two minutes. Really? Even 
two minutes of walking really after eating yeah can benefit you tremendously really mostly in the realm of lowering your blood sugar you know right. helping okay. the body process mm-hmm. the food etc and uh, they say the the optimal time which doesn't really work for me is between 60 to 90 minutes after you've eaten okay when you're asleep I mean with- <laughs> well that's the thing that's the thing it doesn't work if you eat a good meal a big meal at like uh, eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So you know there is this thing. There is this thing. You know, years ago, our grandparents ate the big meal in the middle of the day. Right. I still say I think they were onto something. Yeah. And uh, you know, plenty of uh, recommendations are that you don't eat anything significant after like seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So. Um, you know, I guess the idea is you eat stuff and you, by the movement of mm-hmm. walking or whatever else you can possibly do, mm-hmm. even if it's a little, mm-hmm. helps process the nutrients. Mm-hmm. The And, you know, uh, you know, facilitates the process itself. Okay. Um, and, it, you know, so I ardently believe that. Even a little bit mm-hmm. of exercise. You see people who just go, ah, 30 minutes. I don't have 30 minutes. But you must have two minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do it. And mm-hmm. you'll be surprised. All right. Um, okay. Uh, so there was an article about what I'll call uh, hockey haircuts. It's kind of struck me. Um, I talked to Sadie about this. So what the article uh, is really focused on hair of hockey players. Uh, and the article is focused on kids, but kids take their cues from the pros. And the pros apparently speak openly about something called hockey flow. So I said to say, well, what's hockey flow? Is it a particular haircut or something like that? Or have any... And she said, no, it's just there's a lot of pride among NHL players for whatever reason about their hair. A lot of them have long hair and they uh, they refer to their long hairstyles as hockey flow. It's no more complicated than that. And she even showed me some kind of site which showed pictures of guys with long hair uh, that's published in connection with a uh, like Great Clips endorsement by the National Hockey League. And that's what hockey flow is. Well, these kids, you know, they look at it their own way and they have an article about uh, one kid who... Um, and there's more than one kid involved in this, who, when he isn't a hockey flow, but he wants his hockey flow to show when he's playing hockey. He's totally into hockey, which means that it's got to show uh, beyond the helmet. Because you wear a helmet when you play hockey, especially if you're a kid. How's it going to show? Well, a lot of these kids have mullets, or they have you know the sides shaved in a particular way that you can see the curls of their hair flowing out of the helmet. I'm just repeating what's in the article. So they say... But it turns out the best way to make sure that you have the right flow showing outside your helmet, if you're nine years old in particular, is to get your hair cut while you're wearing a helmet. And they had an article in the Times showing pictures of kids wearing their helmets when they go to the salon or the barber, whatever you call it, and, you know, uh, making sure that their hair is going to look right uh, when they're playing. And that's the way to do it because uh, the, now you can see exactly how the hair is going to play out, how it's going to look how it's going to be cut um, with the helmet on the head. 
What do you think of that? Can you see Hasi getting a haircut with his uh, hockey helmet on? Right now, I think uh, it's difficult to get Hazy to get a haircut. Period. I think he'd be better with a ho- with a helmet on. I think he'd but get he a cut. But he doesn't have a hockey helmet. That may be what he needs for Christmas is a hockey helmet. All right. Well, we'll see. Well, that's uh, just really funny to me. That uh, it's always funny to me when athletes are so uh, obsessed with how they look. Yeah. Well, why not? Uh, but and and well, they 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 went into the article in more detail. They started with an interview of a woman who actually was a hairdresser or is a hairdresser, and she has two sons in the NHL. And they asked her her reaction to this notion of these kids getting uh, their haircut with the helmet on. And she said, well, I will tell you the truth. When my kids were growing up, and they were youth hockey players, they were totally into their hair. They wanted to make sure it looked a particular way. They would dye particular colors depending on their uniform. Uh, they were into it. And uh, the helmet thing kind of in an odd way makes sense to me. And then they interviewed a bunch of NHL players and showed them the picture of the kid getting his haircut with a helmet on. And they said, that's smart. So when they asked this woman, uh, again, the hairdresser woman, uh, so are your kids still into their hair, the, the hockey player, now that the NHL? She said, well, my understanding is that it's the young guys in the NHL who are really into their hair, hockey flow. My kids are now in their early 30s, not so much. Some they're still playing hockey. They're still playing hockey, but they're losing their hair. So, oh, uh, okay. There you go. I get it. You get it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I, I can I can see I can see him doing this. I can see Ozzy with the filming. So, in case anybody's running out of things to watch, yeah, on the small screen, right? Now, apparently, yeah, fine art auction houses yeah. are live streaming their auctions. Now, they've been doing online bidding for a long time, but live streaming means you can watch it. So it's just like you're live. sitting in the auction room. Right. You're sitting there. So now you can go to an auction in your PJs. Yeah. Um, just, you know, like you do so many other things. Right. And, uh, you know, and I assume there's no admission fee, right. et cetera. But, uh, so yeah. it's having all kinds of effects. I mean, they're getting quite uh, a following. Uh, some of these auctions get millions and millions really? of views. And uh, the auctioneers are becoming, you know, famous, yeah, famous, and really? have uh, followers and so on and so forth. So I mean, it's a you know a new fun thing to do. Do you see I yourself uh, watching that? I don't know. You know, I think uh, maybe sometimes it's kind of interesting the drama of what's going on, depending on the bidding. If several people are interested in stuff, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't watched. Watch it. I, you know, um, we bid online before. Right. We bid online, but that's yeah. different. Um, and so you kind of see what's going on in, mm. term, in terms of text or results. I don't know if there's, um, if there's great drama, if it's more, how much more interesting it is. Well, you see it in films. I mean, uh, you know, like a James Bond movie or something like that. Yeah, if it's like that. I'm not sure it's always quite that uh, dramatic. Yeah. Not, well, the auctions I'm not are. Sure the auctioneers always have quite as much personality as movie auctioneers. Well, I'll tell you what, what it kills a little bit. We've been a couple of live auctions and bid on things in live auctions, and there is a fair bit of fair bit of bidding by online presences. So it's not just a matter of people standing. And phone, and right, phone right. bidding. So yeah. you see people raising their hand or whatever. What I'll call the conventional auction house raising uh, approach, paddle. raising their paddle. But then if once in a while, the auctioneer looks to the left and says, okay, it's, it's up to 280. Okay, it's up to 300. Because, you know, the people on the phone banks 
uh, or whatever the equivalent of that is, are uh, plugged into uh, people bidding online and they're just making sure the auctioneer is aware of it. So it lose a little drama that way. But I, I can see if you're interested in a particular piece, a particular piece of artwork, for example, and you had some interest and curiosity about how it's going to be valued, it might be interesting. Well, they said uh, like they, um, they got a tremendous amount of views for the Freddie Mercury's um, collection. Okay. You know. Well, I don't know. What do they have from Freddie Mercury? I mean, just his memorabilia, his oh, really? stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean. Um, and so people were curious. But that's about a different it. kind of thing. I mean, look, we watch Antiques Roadshow. Other people watch Antiques Roadshow. So there's a sense of stuff, you know, putting rock stores and movie stores aside. There's a sense of a certain level of interest in more traditional objet d'art in terms of what are they valued at. Well, yeah. But sometimes we're interested in the stuff. Yeah. But mainly we're interested in the story. Yeah, you know, that's true. Um, what does the person say about this object? Yeah, yeah. Where did they get it? What was the family story? Mm-hmm. Does the expert completely debunk the treasured family story? Yeah, you're right. Um, is it worth anything? Is it worth nothing? Are they happy? Are they disappointed? It's all the drama. Right. So, I, you know, um, how much of that uh, comes through in the auction? Yeah. Uh, no, not, none of that. Comes I don't out. know, but we'll have to. You know, maybe we'll try watching one or two, and we'll report. <clears throat> All right, you talk me out of it. So, <laughs> um, so an article about the Netflix DVD service, which is now uh, defunct. Defunct. That's exactly right. It's now defunct. You can't uh, get Netflix DVDs anymore. Of course, that's how they started. You would get three DVDs. And then you would get a few more DVDs. I think we have three DVDs from Netflix. Well, we should have returned them if we do. I don't know we why should we should have. But it's just one of those things where you know we were so busy with work, we never and we never used, we didn't were using them. Yeah. So we just forgot about the whole well, concept. So the, I had no idea I had them. Well, the the point here is that uh, for some people, it was a valuable way to get movies, notwithstanding the streaming option. And uh, they do talk about that a little bit. Uh, well, they start with this uh, this fellow who said that um, he would sort of plan movie nights or a series of movie nights. He'd, he'd collect a bunch of Scorsese DVDs. He's going to watch all the Scorsese movies, and he got all these Martin Scorsese movies and keep you know keep rotating them. And so when he sat down with his wife at the end of the day, they didn't say, "What are we going to watch?" They have their DVDs lined up. They know what they're going to do. And they're for the next three months to watching Martin Scorsese movies. And they have a theme going. Said so the DVDs uh, facilitated that. But, uh, you know, it does facilitate that in a different way because you don't have to hunt down the streaming. It's all in one source, right? So right. you say there's one supplier and he can give me 12 Martin Scorsese movies. There's no single uh, uh, streaming service with 12 Martin Scorsese movies. You do, you know... A hunt each time. So there's that. So you're going to miss that. Um, but there are other people who, um, you know, said people wrote in saying, you know, I live in a very small city. There are no art houses. The, the DVDs would give me access to movies that you couldn't find anywhere. But there are a lot of obscure films on the DVD service, which uh, so, makes sense to me. So there are more DVDs available? Than streaming. Than streaming. Yeah, generally speaking. There were. Again, the service is now defunct. But it makes sense. It's easy to do the DVDs. Uh, there are people who are overseas, and they said, well, the streaming was different or it was difficult there. It was great to have the, 
the DVDs. If someone says I was in hurricane country, the power goes out all the time. I had a generator that could run my DVD and my TV. I always had that set, you know. Everyone's got somebody from Antarctica. But in any event, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. So they had some statistics of the most popular DVDs or the most popular type of film. And uh, the most popular, for what it's worth, uh, the most popular uh, DVD in 2022-23, not surprisingly, was Top Gun Maverick. But that was true in every state of the the Union, except Washington, D.C., the most popular DVD was Tar. And they, they can't figure out why that's the case. That's really weird. But they said it's an interesting outlier. It just tells you that it's a different thing. It's not necessarily the most popular movie that's going to land uh, in people's a DVD player. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit of a different thing. But the most popular, the most rented movie of all time, I want to ask you to guess, I'll just tell you, is The Blind Side. Really? Yeah. Uh, for no particular reason. I don't think it was a great movie. But uh, I guess it was a relatively popular movie, and that's the one for some reason. The, the most rented actor, in other words, the films associated with a particular actor. Uh, again, I won't ask you to guess. I'll just tell you. Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. uh, who's not you know the leading box office guy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's his uh, most DVDs. The most rented actress, Kate Blanchett. Uh, not a surprise. The most rented director is a surprise, uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. I mean, she's famous, but most rented? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's in a lot of movies. She takes some, sometimes she takes a supporting part. Yeah, I guess it is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I guess it is a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you can't argue with the facts. Um, Anything, any other? Well, uh, Meryl Streep was second. If that mm -hmm. that makes more sense to you, I don't know. Um. And most rented director Clint Eastwood surprised me. I don't think of Clint Eastwood as being that big a director. But, uh, you know, and, and also one thing that did change over time was uh, people in the last few years started renting more in the way of TV films, TV shows, than movies. Oh, okay. So that's what we learned from that. Anyway, it's gone. Uh, oh, so what did you have here? Well, oh. There's a, a fun article in the New York Times about vultures. Yes, a fun article about vultures. So around here we have turkey vultures. Yes. And uh, we get a kick out of them. There's nothing... Really? That, well, the, really? Nothing <laughs> that says spooky fall night uh, better than like a, a bare tree that's loaded with a crowd of vultures at the side of the road. Watching for roadkill. Really? Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. Nothing says Thanksgiving like turkey vultures. No, that's not quite true. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so the article in the New York Times telling all the clever things they do. Yeah. uh, And um, there was specifically mentioned a vulture called a lappet-faced vulture, which has kind of a featherless head. I guess all vultures' heads are reasonably featherless. Um, and the reason for that mm-hmm. is uh, so they can, uh, it's for easy cleaning. You know, they're eating carrion. They're eating dead animals. Yeah. Okay. And so they have these flexible necks yeah. that uh, enable them to poke their head inside the dead bodies. Fabulous. Um, yeah. Et cetera. So that, you know, um, 
and uh, you know they have you know, different. Um, it might be the lappet-faced ones who, uh, during breeding season, actually uh, are very fastidious about their appearance. Okay, to the extent where they roll in mud and eat herbivore dung, which has the effect of doing something chemical that causes their yellow faces to kind of turn gold. So during breeding, it makes them more attractive well, to the opposite if that's sex. What it takes, that's what it takes to get a date, Thames, and that's what roll it takes. Roll around in the dung. No, you know, said roll around. Said, I just would like to eat, talk to eat, the... Eat the dung, I think, is the, what you uh, said. Yeah, they eat it. They eat it you're right. Yeah. Um, but they also just roll around in mud. And, uh, you know, I'm sure... You wonder if that's really true. Yeah. Or if one of the smart vultures just convinced all the other vulture guys yeah. to roll around in the mud and uh, so that the girl vultures are saying, oh, I'm not going with that guy. He's a mess. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I think I here. think just the opposite. Sure. You're, you're not embracing the fact that the women vultures are going for the guy who's been hanging out in the dung. I mean, that's clearly I mean, what's that's, going on. That's your dream, isn't it? That you don't really have to clean up and it's, spruce uh, up? They're giving it up for the guys who roll around the dung. So there you uh, go. There was also an interesting thing uh, they did some tests, the scientists, um, and with the uh, vultures and, and other birds um, hanging food tidbits on strings from a branch. And how does the bird actually get to that food tidbit? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, so some of the birds like parrots would figure out how to use their feet to pull up the string right. and get to the tidbit. And what the vultures do, they have like some, they're able to store things in their neck crop, whatever yeah. that is. And so they suck up the string until yeah. they get the food. Right. And then they can eat the food and spit out the string. Great. Yeah. They're very clever. Mm. They're very clever. They had other examples of them imitating other vultures, imitating... They do impressions. Figuring things out. I see. Right. You know, they watch a person break an ostrich egg, then they figure out how to break the ostrich egg themselves. So, you know, apparently there's more... It's an overlooked uh, model of cognitive... cognitive uh, ecology. Or yeah, so, but, but my, so my general take is... If you're driving along and see something uh, that looks like it's uh, a turkey vulture, could be turkey vulture, could be a hawk. And my view is that the turkey vulture is kind of the downscale and the hawk is the upscale, that uh, the hawk is really what you're looking for. Well, years ago, we went to Mohawk. Uh, a, one of the nature guides was pointing out turkey vultures to us. Yeah. He said, oh, that's a turkey vulture. And I was like, how can you tell from here? He said, they always look... Uh, they're they're pretty big, uh, you know, like the hawks or whatever, but um, they look like they really can't fly when they fly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. The hawks are much more uh, graceful. But but do the hawks eat carrion too, or is, is that a different, is that just for the turkey vultures? You know, now you're asking me hairy questions. Okay, you, you don't know. know. All right, if you don't you know, you don't know. You want the answers. Okay. And well, that kind of stuff. So you we gotta have, be, you gotta to have, me, there are three tiers. You've got to have Kathy Easton or right. Harry Zerlin on the line. It's always been you can't just surprise three me. tiers. You've got the lower tier is the turkey vultures. Right, right above that are the hawks. And above that 
the bald eagle, which we see every once in a while. But we haven't studied what they each do. But that's the hierarchy as far as I'm concerned. That's that, that's. I, I well, I would think uh, the children in this family put owls way at the top. Right, but they're not in the same grouping. You know, they're not in the same grouping. Okay. But they would put owls at the top. You're right. All right, I but, I can hear but, peace. Yeah, I hear they're in going the homestead crazy. Yeah. falling apart. Kids so. are waking up from their nap. Oh, by the way, you probably didn't, I heard an owl last night. You, I don't know if this is a particular time of year. But who, you know, hooting up a storm at oh. about ten o'clock last night. The family was in town for Thanksgiving. I guess so. I, you're going to look up. I know you looked up. You know, we we hit a deer. I hit a deer when we were driving a week or two ago, and it was like, uh, what's this deer? And, and then I saw another deer two days ago on a road that on two hundred two, which you just can't expect to see a deer because yeah. it's like a highway. So I can't and, tell you how many people said to me. I said that we hit a deer, and they said, uh. It's rutting season. What are you going to do? And you looked it up. So I looked it up. They said the peak of rutting season, yeah. which has to do with breeding, right. you know, and hormones right. and uh, male deer going crazy. Yeah. Um, the peak yeah. uh, for this area on average is November 13th. Right. And I hit a deer mm-hmm. November 12th. So uh, I feel <laughs> redeemed. You know, how can, you know, I couldn't avoid it. What are you going to do? The deer made a beeline for me. Uh, I want to look up what the story is with the owls. Uh, see if they're hooting for a reason. All right, well, let me wrap this up because the clamor is beginning to intensify. Um, last story, Joshua Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs, quarterback who went to the University of Tennessee and he's kind of kicked around the NFL. He's been on four or five teams, always a sub or on the taxi squad, never a starter. And the kind of guy he probably considered more than once whether he ought to just give up his NFL dream. Well, recently... Um, Minnesota Vikings uh, experienced a terrible injury to Kirk Cousins, their star quarterback, and they're otherwise a very good team in the playoff hunt. And they managed to arrange a trade for Joshua Dobbs, who signed him off a taxi squad. And they got him on a Wednesday, and he's supposed to start a game on Sunday, which is unheard of because the quarterback is the quarterback. He's kind of running things. He has to know the playbook. He has to know where everybody should be standing. He certainly has to understand the nomenclature and the offense. And, and these offenses are all distinct. And uh, somehow uh, he was able to master enough of it uh, to play on Sunday, play extremely well, and Minnesota won. And they won the following week too when people said, how is this possible? What is this guy, some kind of rocket scientist? And the answer is, he is a rocket scientist. He is a rocket scientist. He uh, studied engineering at Tennessee. He works for NASA in the off season, and he's a rocket scientist. So, and yet they have a quote. You know, who's the quote they have from uh, expressing admiration for the guy learning the playbook? It's not. A, it's not the coach. It's a guy from NASA. Guy named Scott Colorado, uh, NASA's director of engineering in Florida's Kennedy Space Center. Quote. The quickness that he absorbed that playbook is astounding. So even NASA, NASA is, is impressed with the complexity of the NFL and with their own Josh Dobbs. So uh, what can I say? Uh, hats off. He's, uh, he's, he's going to be their starter for the rest of the year. And so there's the intellectual component of football. It's often overlooked. All right. We got to go. Uh, every, heck is breaking loose. Uh, which it does every once in a while. So uh, until next week, we'll see you. This is uh, Dan Abuhoff. And Tamson Granger. Almost forgot. Tamson and Dan. Read the paper. There you go. Well, Happy sorry, Thanksgiving. Yeah, sorry to be belatedly late. To belatedly. Everyone. Belatedly. We're, we're back on schedule, and we'll see you next week.